Hey, so I'm Rosie, um, oh, <laughs> I'm a leader at uh, Seaside. So when I came to Korea in July 2011, I came arrogant and broken. I had a warped idea about the church, myself, and God. Before coming to Korea, I was part of something called the Eden Project. The mandate of Eden is to go to the most challenging urban areas and share God's life-changing love in words and actions. This meant moving into the area full-time and working in partnership with a local church, particularly reaching out to young people. It seemed like a great idea and a great opportunity, so I made a five-year commitment to the area and the local church that I was sent to. But I soon discovered that while I loved living where I did and I loved the young people that I was meeting, I really struggled at the church I was part of. I disagreed with the leadership on several issues, including the role of women in the church. I also felt like the gifts of the Holy Spirit weren't really encouraged. I began to feel resentful, unheard, and underappreciated, and I responded badly. I failed to honor and submit to the leadership, and I arrogantly believed that I could do a better job. I thought my lack of submission would actually benefit the young people under me, but no doubt it did the opposite. Wow. <laughs> After a year and a half, I had had enough and decided to leave. I came to Korea believing my issues with the church were the fault of the church and the leadership. And in the back of my mind, I kind of thought I would come here and start my own church. <laughs> oh, yeah, That didn't work out so well. <laughs> and it became pretty obvious that a church of one is not really a church. I attended a few English ministries and never settled anywhere. I even went to a Korean church for a bit. Not that I can speak any Korean. It was okay, but it wasn't a long-term solution. My plan was to leave Korea when my contract ended. Meanwhile, I found a church online that I liked the look of in Cambodia. And so, I, I know, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? And so, I planned to save up some money and become a missionary there for a year. I realized that's ridiculous, but I was so serious about it at the time. I sent in all my applications and I was accepted. About a week later... Some friends who I hardly ever hung out with invited me out to this place called Fully Booked to hang out and play games. And I ended up meeting Pastor Mina there. Um, and I became Facebook friends with her. Through that relationship, I started attending New Philly. Right at the beginning of the church plant, I remember going to a prayer meeting and several of the leaders praying for me. Pastor Mina cried as she prayed. When I asked why, she said it was because I was like a sheep without a shepherd. And she was right, of course. But I was shocked that she could feel such compassion, even though we barely knew each other. I loved being part of New Philly, but at the same time, I didn't want to get too attached because I knew I would be leaving in a few months. One evening, pastors Caleb and Mina invited me over. They started to ask me about Cambodia and if I thought I was making the right decision. They spoke with such love and wisdom, but I didn't want to let myself go there. I said I'd pray about it. Over the next few days, I had several crazy God incidences that made me realize that God was not finished with me in Korea, including a random first encounter with Julie Shrek, who is now a leader at Seaside, on the subway home from Pastor Caleb Amina's house. Um, I finally let myself think about staying, and I discovered that I was actually relieved, and I was really excited about it. God showed me some incredible favor in order to make it possible for me to stay. My school summer camp was cancelled because of construction, which meant I could go home for my brother's wedding. Even though the education board said I couldn't renew, my principal persuaded them to let me. 
A one-way, non-refundable ticket to England I'd previously bought got cancelled. So I got a full refund on the ticket. This allowed me to get a cheaper return ticket. My school even let me take vacation from my new contract during my old contract so I could go home for the legal part of my brother's wedding as well as the blessing. God's so good to me. Being at New Philly has been so healing and redemptive. My small group leader, Pastor Lydia, has helped me walk through forgiving a lot of the hurts from the past, both with the church and with previous leaders. While I was back in England for my brother's wedding, I had a chance to meet up with my old pastor and apologize to him for not honoring him. We had a great conversation, and I realized that even though we don't agree about everything, he loved me, and he still loves me. We had a chance to pray, well, we we had a chance to pray for each other, and we were both left feeling really blessed. (sighs) Get together. Right. Uh, I I grew up in the church, but I was only nominally a Christian. I first really encountered God when I was 18, and from that time, and worryingly, even a bit before that time, I've been in some sort of church leadership role. New Philly was the first church I've ever been in where that didn't happen straight away. I had no idea how deep my need is to be loved and shepherded. Ooh. (laughs) To see myself as a son before seeing myself as a servant. I realized that you can be mature and still be a spiritual orphan. And if you're an orphan in a position of leadership, you'll just produce more orphans. Come on, help me out. Uh, I remember looking at the core values of New Philly and thinking they all sounded great, except the one that said, the anointing flows from the top down. It sounded like a spiritual way of saying, we want to control you. And I didn't trust that. But I've come to see that there is power in submission. It allows us to be raised up, not pushed down. I could talk all day about the different breakthroughs and blessings I've received just in small group, but I won't. One cool example, though, is the time that I received physical healing, which I believe came through my submission to Pastor Lydia's words over me. I'd become really ill at school, and I text Pastor Lydia to ask her to pray for me. And she told me, don't come into agreement with the sickness. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I wrestled with it all day, not knowing how to put that into practice. And um, feeling worse and worse. In the evening, I was supposed to be going to dinner with Kelly and some college girls. Um, But by that point, I was just feeling so rough. I called Kelly saying I wasn't sure if I could make it, but that I didn't know what to do because Pastor Lydia said I wasn't supposed to come into agreement with it. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly prayed for me over the phone and we agreed I'd give it a few minutes and get back to her with my answer. When I got off the phone, I was even worse. I wrote out a message saying I couldn't come, but with Pastor Lydia at the back of my mind, I deleted it and sent Kelly a message saying I was on my way. (laughs) By the time I got to the elevator, I no longer felt sick, but I still had a headache. And by the time the girls arrived at dinner, I was completely healed. (laughs) We We get our breakthroughs when we take the loving words spoken over us seriously. When Pastor Lydia tells me that she wants her ceiling to be my floor, she means it. She's been there as I've sobbed in most of the cafes in Busan because she doesn't want me to live in bondage. She tells me uncomfortable truths because she's not content that I stay in the place that I am. She wants me to go deeper with God and to be raised up to do mighty things. 
I want to finish by saying this. I think we're in a generation where submission is not just unpopular or frowned upon, but it's seen as dangerous and oppressive. I know I certainly believed that. But as someone who has tried independent Christianity and has watched people close to me do the same, well, I now realize that it's not submission that's dangerous. Ah. <laughs> because whether the leaders are great or not, they're, account- they're not accountable to you. They're accountable to God. What's dangerous is when we're isolated and outside of the covering of church leaders and distant. Oh, come on. I've only got one sentence to go. Oh, and distant from church family. Only trusting yourself is a very lonely place to be. The truth is you're a son and sons are meant to be part of family. Oh.